Hello out there, science nerds. You're listening to Evolving with Mr. V, a weekly podcast that covers the week that was in AP dual credit biology and much more. I am your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, and this is officially episode 31, week 32 of the 2019-2020 school year. In this week's podcast, we'll recap the week of April 20th through April 24th, our fifth week of distance learning, and yet again, get you ready for the up coming quiz on Monday, April 27th over bacteria and viruses. In this week's second segment, with the AP exam just around the corner, May 18th, I'll review a first semester concept in a segment called, Hey, remember this? And this week I'll review, Water is Beast. And in our final segment, I'll give more shout outs to amazing students in a segment I'm calling, Mr. V tries to cheer you up. Now, before we begin the podcast, we need to hear from our sponsor in a segment I call Mr. V Needs to Buy a Rowing Machine. This episode is brought to you by Lysol. Now, you probably already know the usual uses of Lysol and other disinfectants. You know, killing bacteria and viruses on surfaces like kitchen countertops, sinks, bathroom toilets, and several other abiotic non-living materials. But hey, did you know that now, according to our highest government official, you can now inject Lysol and other disinfectants right into your body? That's right. Get rid of coronavirus COVID-19 in a minute with a little injection of disinfectant right into your body. Forget about what fake science says about ingesting harsh chemicals. Trust the man at the top and try the new cleansing ritual sweeping the nation and get into your body some disinfectant. Warning, do not inject or ingest any disinfectant or cleaning agent into your body. I repeat, do not inject or ingest any disinfectant or cleaning agent into your body. Side effects of injecting or ingesting disinfectant include vomiting, uncontrollable flatulence, explosive diarrhea, brain shrinking, death, and earning an F in AP dual credit biology. And we're back. So it's that time again to hit that old reliable rewind button and recap the week that was in AP dual credit biology. And this week's main concept we covered was viruses and bacteria. So let's begin our discussion with viruses. So when discussing viruses, we first have to figure out, are they living organisms or non-living matter? And it comes with arguments from both sides, but we'll go with what our book says, MasteringBiology.com, and classify viruses as non-living matter. Now, why non-living? Well, because they don't check several of those boxes to be classified as living organisms, like being able to reproduce on their own, being able to metabolize and use energy on their own, and made of cells. And because these unchecked boxes, we consider them non-living. Now, when studying viruses, we learn how they come in different shapes, like spherical shape, like influenza, coronavirus. We have polyhedral shaped, like adrenoviruses that cause sore throat, and complex shapes, like bacteriophage that infect just bacteria. Now, usually the shape of the virus, along with its receptors on its surface, determines the types of cells they will infect. For example, bacteriophage's unique shape make it specific to only attacking 
bacterial cells. Now, when it comes to viruses, since they cannot reproduce on their own, they must invade a host cell to initiate their reproduction, which is their main mission once they infect the cell. And when they do, they have two types of reproductive cycles they can enter, the lytic cycle and the lysogenic cycle. Now, let's first look at the lytic cycle, where a virus infects a cell and ends up killing the host cell or lysing it within hours. Now, to accomplish this, it goes through five steps. We're going to focus on five steps of the lytic cycle. Step one of the lytic cycle, attachment. This is where the virus binds or attaches to the host cell. Step two, entry. The virus injects its DNA or genetic material into the host cell. Step three is synthesis, where the virus takes control of the host cell's enzymes and proteins to synthesize its viral genome and proteins. Step four is assembly, where viral particles assemble into new viruses, and then ends with step five, release or lysis, where the cell gets so bloated with new viruses, it bursts and now releases 100 to 200 new viruses ready to infect other cells. Now, these steps of the lytic cycle represent those of bacterial phages. Animal viruses have a slightly altered lytic cycle since they have an outer envelope outside their protein capsid. So make sure to go back and review your notes and problem set to know these slight differences. Now let's focus on the other virus reproductive cycle called the lysogenic cycle. Now the big difference here is once the virus infects the host cell, it doesn't kill it or it doesn't go through lysis, at least not right away. Instead, it incorporates its DNA into the host cell's DNA and just chills there or hides there in waiting, getting replicated whenever the host cell's DNA goes through DNA replication. So let's recap the steps of the lysogenic reproductive cycle. Step one, attachment, virus binds to the host cell. Step two, injection, virus inserts its genome into the host cell. Step three, integration, the viral genome, DNA, inserts itself into the host cell's chromosome, the host cell's DNA, forming a prophage if bacteria or provirus if it's an animal cell. Step four, reproduction. And this is when the host cell divides, producing bacteria infected with the uh, prophage or provirus in all future generations. Now, from here, it could stay silent in the prophage or provirus form, or the viral DNA can pop out of the host cell's DNA and then trigger the lytic cycle, causing the cell to die or lice after viral reproduction. So, that's a lot about viruses, but we should also quickly discuss retroviruses, which are viruses with RNA as their genetic material. Along with its RNA, though, it also contains an enzyme called reverse transcriptase. Now, when a retrovirus infects a cell, like HIV, a retrovirus that causes AIDS, its RNA enters the cytoplasm, then using its reverse transcriptase makes a double-stranded DNA molecule. So it works backwards from RNA 
into DNA, hence retro, a throwing it back kind of virus. Then the viral DNA will integrate into the host cell's DNA, forming a provirus, entering usually the lysogenic reproductive cycle. So make sure you go back and review your notes and the Khan Academy lessons to get you ready for the quiz on Monday that will contain retroviruses. Now, also on the quiz and discussed this week, bacteria. Make sure to review the basic structure of the bacteria. Remember, no nucleus, no membrane-bound organelles, and review the three ways bacteria can obtain genetic variation. Like transformation, picking up pieces, fragments of DNA from the environment. There's also transduction, getting DNA fragments from viruses with formation of a provirus or a prophage. And finally, there's conjugation. Now, conjugation is also known as bacterial sex, where a bacteria connects its pilus, a narrow bridge-like structure, to another bacteria and transfers some of its DNA to its connecting bacteria, giving it possibly a new genetic ability like antibiotic resistance. Now, once again, make sure you go back and review your notes. Go over what an F factor is, aka a fertility factor, and its parts that it plays in the conjugation process. Now, wow, that seems like a lot, but it actually wasn't. But that is the week that was in AP Dual Credit Biology. Now, before we move on to the next segment, let's recap the assignments for the week that you should be working on. First, we have the bacterial and virus problem set. You also should be viewing the Khan Academy lessons for the week that consists of three videos, five articles, and one exercise slash practice over bacteria and viruses. And one last assignment from last week, the evolution of skin color part two. Now, the assignments you will actually submit are going to be the bacterial and virus problem set front and back pages. Make sure you try to scan them on one document or have both pages in one photo and questions 20 through 29 of the evolution of skin color reading and questions also try to scan in one document or in one photo. Now, these assignments will be due on Sunday, April 26th by midnight and at Moto posts will be made for each period for you guys to submit your assignments. Now, also, don't forget to complete the Khan Academy lessons, which are also due on Sunday. So hopefully these assignments, the recap of the week that was, will help you be successful on Monday's quiz over bacteria and viruses. And now for our second segment that I'm calling, Hey, remember this? Where I recap an AP biology exam concept sure to be tested on for the modified two question FRQ exam. And for this week, I'm recapping Water is Beast. Now our Water is Beast recap. This is going to be from Unit 1, Water Chemistry, the chemistry of life. So let's first begin by drawing a water molecule. Go ahead, grab a piece of paper, maybe a little whiteboard, and draw the chemical structure of a water molecule. 
So did you do it? Did you draw your water molecule? If so, hopefully it has that distinct bent shape, like a V or upside down V or Mickey Mouse structure if forming more of an orbital structure. So now looking at its structure, hopefully we remember that water itself is held together by strong covalent bonds, where both hydrogen atoms are sharing their one electron with oxygen, completing each other's outer shell. However, they're not sharing the electrons equally because, remember, oxygen is an electron hog. In other words, it has huge electronegativity. Yes, that's right, electronegativity. Remember that? Remember that word? It refers to the amount of pull an atom has towards shared electrons. And when it comes to biology, oxygen has huge electronegativity, causing the covalent bonds to be polar, which means the electrons are not being shared equally. So what happens is that oxygen pulls the shared electrons closer to its own nucleus, giving it a partial negative charge. And the hydrogens, it's pretty much they're lacking now that one electron that they're sharing, giving them a slightly positive charge. Hence, water's polarity, opposite charges on opposite sides. Now, if we go back and look at the structure of water again, with the positive charges on the hydrogen, negative charges, two of them on the oxygen, we can see that its polarity will make it very attractive to bonding to several other atoms and elements, and it does. And one of the molecules water is attracted to the most is itself. If you look at your drawing of water, you can hopefully see how four other water molecules can hydrogen bond with it. Two water molecules, each water molecule attaching to the hydrogen atoms, and the other two water molecules hydrogen bonding with the oxygen molecule. So this makes water very cohesive. It loves to stick to itself. It loves to hydrogen bond with itself. Now, the hydrogen bonds aren't strong. They're weak compared to covenant bonds, but they're constantly breaking and reforming, giving water its great cohesive property and its first beast property. Now, because of water's ability to hydrogen bond with several other molecules and itself and its polarity, it gives it five beast properties that allow life to not just survive, but thrive on Earth. Now, we just discussed cohesion. Water loves to stick to itself, but water also loves to stick to other molecules. That's what we call adhesion, water's ability to stick to other molecules. Now, how is cohesion and adhesion beneficial for life? Well, it allows plants, which perform photosynthesis, to draw water from the roots in the ground upwards to the shoots and leaves against gravity. So let's examine this a little closer. So you see, adhesion allows water to stick to the sides of the vascular tubes, the xylem tubes of the roots, stems, branches, and leaves of the plant. And water is cohesive, so it likes to stick to itself forming a chain, a link of water, almost like a barrow of monkeys that are linked. So with this adhesion, cohesion, and water pressure differences, plants can transport water against gravity. So to add a little bit more detail to this, as water droplets form on the leaves and evaporate during the day, we need to remember that all these water molecules are linked all the way down to the roots. So as that water on the leaf evaporates, it tugs, it pulls on all these waters that it's linked to, and it kind of helps draw the water upward. 
backwards against gravity. And once again, helping these plants not just survive, but to thrive on this planet. Now, because of water's hydrogen bonding and cohesiveness, it also gives water great surface tension, allowing some life to stand or run across the surface of water like the basilic lizard, aka the Jesus lizard. Now, another beast property of water also due to its hydrogen bonding is water's high specific heat and high heat of vaporization, which is water's resistance to temperature change and resistance to changing into a gaseous state. In other words, it takes a lot of heat to change water's temperature and it takes a lot of heat to make it change into a gaseous state. Now, both of these properties help contribute to stabilizing ocean temperatures, giving coastal cities year-long moderate temperatures, and preventing animals from overheating. Now, another beast property of water due to its hydrogen bonding is water expands when it freezes or becomes less dense in its solid form, making ice float, a very unusual property for liquids. This allows life to exist in oceans since ice floats only the top layer freezes, insulating water below it, and once again allowing life to exist and thrive in our oceans, lakes, and ponds. One last beast property of water, this one due to its polarity, is that water is a versatile solvent. Since it has opposite charges on opposite sides, it's attracted to several molecules, dissolving a great many solutes, at least those that are hydrophilic. So that's our review of water chemistry or water is beast. If you have a concept that you want me to review, send me a message on Emoto, email, or the Instagram course page. And now for our Instagram FRQ question of the podcast. Describe how the properties of water, the beast properties of water, contribute to maintaining homeostasis. To check your answer, check with the Evolving with Mr. V Instagram page. Well, hopefully this helped you remember that water is beast, something that just might show up on that AP exam on May 18th. Now for our final segment, we'll I'll give more shout outs to awesome students in a segment called Mr. V Tries to Cheer You Up. Our first shout out goes to 8th period superstar student Haley Hernandez. Haley has awesome academic chops, but is also a softball star for the Johnson varsity softball team. Now, I don't have her stats right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that she has over a 500 batting average, hitting 40 home runs, over 100 RBIs as well. And she plays pretty much every position, first base, second, third, shortstop, all outfield positions, plus pitches as well, and even plays catcher. She even in one game somehow pitched and then caught her own pitches as catcher. So pretty amazing. So here's to you, Haley. 
A second shout out goes to senior seventh period student Jonah Jonathan Macias, an awesome student who attends some of the Zoom meetings and is also a football superstar. Now, this past football season for the Johnson varsity team, now don't go out and check me on this, but I'm pretty sure he played wide receiver with over a hundred catches and 2,000 yards, but also played defense as cornerback, having eight interceptions in a game, which is kind of weird since the other team only had four passing attempts. He also even in one game played center, showing how versatile he is with his six feet, 150 pound body frame, taking on defensive tackles twice his size. So here's to you, Jonah. Another shout out goes to another senior superstar, Isabella Clyde from third period, an academic ninja who single-handedly makes student council run. Now, don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure she was president, vice president, treasurer, and secretary, and even cleans up the student council classroom afterwards. So here's to you, Isabella. One last shout out goes to another senior, this one from second period, Takaya Govner, an academic wizard, always earning top grades, but also a track megastar. Now, don't go out there trying to verify this, but I'm pretty sure she was an All-American selection for hurdles, 100 meter, 200 meter, 10,000 meter distant relays. She also does pole vaulting, clearing over four feet. Even more, she competes in shot put, discus, and javelin, which I didn't even know they still offered that at high school, and even recently placed in archery as well. So here's to you, Takaya. So there you have it, folks, some amazing students well-deserving of those shout-outs. Now come back next week to hear more student shout-outs. Hey, and remember, if you want to give a shout-out to a fellow student, just record yourself saying your shout-out and send it to me as an MP3 or audio file, and I will play it on next week's episode. Now, actually, let me go ahead and play ones that were submitted this past week. Yeah, that's right. No one sent any. That's why we're just hearing crickets. But hopefully this week someone will submit a shout out and I will be air I'll be able to air it on next week's episode. Now, for a couple of reminders for the coming week. Remember, week five assignments are due on Sunday, April 26th by midnight. Don't forget, it moto quiz over bacteria and viruses on Monday, April 27th. There will be a morning and afternoon window to take the quiz. Week six agenda will be posted by 9 a.m. Monday morning on the Wakelet AP Dual Credit Biology course site. And now for your special quiz code message. The pearl is in the river. The pearl is in the river. The monkey has the key. The monkey has the key. The AP exam is May 18th, 1 p.m. The AP exam is May 18th, 1 p.m. Mr. V is right behind you. Mr. V is right behind you. So remember that for the upcoming quiz. One last announcement. Those of you with missing quizzes or assignments, reach out to me and get those done. Remember, it's not too late to start being more active in your distance learning. You can do it! 
Well, that brings us to an end of episode 31, week 32 of Evolving with Mr. V. I hope you found this podcast informative and somewhat entertaining. Now, I want to thank Free Music Archive and Sound Bible for the music and sound effects on the podcast. This podcast was written, produced, and recorded by Velasquez Productions. Once again, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast on your podcast listening platform. Feel free to email me at ovelas at nsd.net with any comments or feedback. Also, don't forget to follow the Instagram course page, Evolving with Mr. V. Well, this is your host, Mr. Oscar Velasquez, your master of the biological arts, signing off and reminding you to please, 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 for your professor's sake, don't inject or ingest any disinfected products into your body. 